You're hearing the Echoes podcast, and I'm John DiLiberto. Today I've got two special features from opposite ends of the music spectrum, but the same end of excellence, Neuland and Fairport Convention. We're going to hear an interview with Neuland, the new project featuring ex-Tangerine Dreamers, Peter Bauman from the 70s trio, and Paul Hasslinger from the 80s edition of the band. We're also going to take a flashback 50 to explore the album Legion Leaf by Fairport Convention, a seminal recording of folk rock. That's Fairport Convention from Legion Leaf. We'll explore that album later on. Before we get to these fascinating features, you know that Christmas is just around the corner, and what better gift to give than one that gives all year round? I'm talking about a subscription to Echoes Online, our streaming music service that gives you Echoes programs on demand with the free Echoes app. There's also the Echoes CD of the Month Club, which delivers our favorite album to you each month. Good our store at echoes.org and put something under the tree for the music lover in your life. And now let's turn on the power and fire up the oscillators for Neuland. The German group Tangerine Dream is one of the iconic electronic ensembles of the last 50 years. And while the band continues on with no members from their classic periods in the 70s, 80s, or 90s, a couple of members who were part of the band back then have gotten together as a new project, Neuland. Peter Bauman was a member of Tangerine Dream throughout the 1970s, their classic period. Paul Hasslinger was a member throughout the 80s into the 90s. Both musicians are in Paul Hasslinger's Los Angeles studio, where he has most recently scored soundtracks to the TV series Halting Catch Fire and Fear the Walking Dead, as well as movies like Resident Evil, The Final Chapter, and the forthcoming Monster Hunter. You might think that when they got together that it would be something of a tangerine dream recreation, and the two musicians certainly look back at their legacy. Paul Hasslinger. One of our original discussions was to, you know, go back to the first phase of Tangerine Dream and identify a few things that happened in that first phase that were just good qualities and are hard qualities to achieve. And we've set that for one of our goals. Uh, A lot has to do with simplicity. A lot has to do with space, giving parts space, giving sound space and the drawing in as opposed to the pushing stuff out. Peter Bauman. It's not something that you tap your foot to. 
but you can immerse yourself in, and that, that really was the overarching approach. The result is their double CD debut, the self-titled Neuland. Paul Hasslinger and Peter Bauman were never in Tangerine Dream together, but they had worked on a barely heard, unreleased project called Blue Room in 1992. It was two masters of electronic music trying to make a progressive arena rock album. <laughs> yeah, that's not a bad way of that's not a bad way of putting it. At the time, we were certainly excited about the possibilities of mixing up different styles and elements and what would be more fun than going in the studio, getting a bunch of musicians in and basically just try some stuff. When we look back at it, we go, well, um, we don't belong into these other areas. We don't belong into any guitar-driven music or progressive rock. Paul is right. Uh, it's really not in our blood. But it was also uh, the 90s, and that style of music or that collection of styles that we employed really belonged more in the late 70s, early 80s rather than in the 90s. So it was out of time and out of sync with uh, really what our home musical territory is. When they got together again some 27 years later, their outlook had changed. Neuland's music doesn't follow any contemporary trends. It's not EDM, it's not chill, pop, or down-tempo. In fact, many of their references are to earlier electronic music, like Musique Concrète, which took found sounds and manipulated them, or the earliest pre-synthesizer electronic sounds. These were the records that Tangerine Dream were listening to when they began back in the early 1970s. Well, Berlioz and Legity and Stockhausen, and I mean, there's so many uh, that I can't even all remember, but we had long listening sessions, uh, you know, through all night. And um, what I remember is the discovery uh, and the extraordinary capacity for that kind of music to take you out of your every, everyday life. And that was the most appealing aspect. And I think that still is part of our DNA. Several points of influence run together on this, and Musique Concrete is one of them. But what Musique Concrete originally really meant was the freedom to associate meaning with sounds irrespective of their origins, right? So any sound can become part of a sonic concept and can be instrumentalized as such. Looming in the 
background of Noiland is the memory of Edgar Frosa, a founding member of Tangerine Dream who left the planet four years ago. Paul Hasslinger. It certainly was on our mind when we first met and, and we talked about it and, you know, we, we both worked and, and spent time with Edgar and, and uh, he was a big part of our life and we were a big part of his life. And you talk about uh, different stages of development and things you've gone through and discovered and uh, our time in Tangerine Dream was at different times but for both of us it was a pivotal change and Edgar was was a was a big part and, and enabled that change to a great amount so it is a presence I think that's always in the room somehow. Peter Bauman. I've uh, met uh, with Edgar throughout the last uh, decades and we usually talked about philosophy rather than music. And it was at the end of 2014 that I actually felt, oh, I want to do some music. I hadn't done music in a while. And I contacted Edgar and he said, hey, absolutely, come on over here. And we met in Austria and we spent some time in the studio and we were planning to actually record something. And he died at the end of January. Um, and so the, the, the get-together in February never happened. I had to ask what they thought of the current iteration of Tangerine Dream still continuing on without Edgar Frosa. Bauman is quick to answer. Um, no comment. And you're more than welcome to use the no comment uh, line. Peter Bauman had a reputation as the bad boy in Tangerine Dream. In his autobiography, Force Majeure, Frosa said Peter was an outlaw when it came to middle-class correctness. <laughs> That's probably still true. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not a classically trained musician, and so uh, I'm an outlaw uh, in terms of political correctness or middle-class correctness, but I'm also an outlaw when it comes to music. You know, it also allows me certain liberties because I'm somewhat uninhibited. I can confirm that Peter is extremely uninhibited. <laughs> Hasslinger is laughing, but then he takes it further. You know, to me, Peter always had a unique way of phrasing and, and playing melodies. And part of that has to do with his uninhibited approach and, and the fact that he grew up in a classical family but never wanted to play by the rules. So these melodies will not conform to conventions of traditional melody building. It's difficult for Hasslinger and Bauman to ignore their storied musical past. Tangerine Dream sounds, rhythms, and melodies echo through the Neuland album. The opening track, Cascade 39, is one that nods to the Berlin School sequencer sound of 1970s Tangerine Dream. That was the last addition to the track, you know, that, that track forever existed without that uh, sequencer. 
And when we changed the focus and said we want to really make the spatial experience, the, the, the center experience of the project, everything had to be less structural and more flowing and more spatial. That's why we threw that sequencer in there because it sort of glued the track together a little bit. It created that third layer that, you know, gave you uh, more depth perception in the track. Music of Noiland is not for the faint-hearted. It doesn't ever rip your head off, but it's full of dissonances and odd structures, and is often rhythm-free and melodically abstract. It is avant-garde uh, in, in a lot of ways. If you compare it to what's out there, uh, for us it was actually something that's in our blood. What I think appealed to us is that a, there's a timeless flavor about it. It's really something that doesn't belong in any particular decade. It doesn't matter really whether it was produced in the 80s, 90s, or, or 220. territory in German and Paul Haslinger and Peter Baumann are looking to bring the sound they forged in the late 20th century into a new light in the 21st century. Their double CD and vinyl self-titled debut album is out now. You can add Neuland's self-titled debut, a double CD, to your collection. We'll have a link for it in the posting for this podcast. And now let's step back 50 years to December 2nd, 1969, in Fairport Convention's fourth album, Liege and Leaf. Today we're going to take a flashback 50 to the fourth album by Fairport Convention, Liege and Leaf. Released in December of 1969, the album launched an English folk rock movement that would go on to influence artists like Lorena McKennett, The Decemberists, Steel Eye Span, and many more, including Led Zeppelin. The more English folk sounds heard on Led Zeppelin 3 and 4 were no doubt inspired by Fairport Convention, to the point that Fairport singer Sandy Denny duets with Robert Plant on Zeppelin's The Battle of Evermore. Rich 
The airport convention began in 1967. By the time they made their first record in 1968, the band was guitarist Richard Thompson and Simon Nicol, bassist Ashley Hutchings and Martin Lambell on drums. Judy Dibble was the lead vocalist. She also was in King Crimson before their first record. They took the name from Fairport House, where Simon Nichols' father had his medical practice. The self-titled debut was right out of San Francisco rock, and they were dubbed the British answer to the Jefferson Airplane. In 1969, the group released three albums, yes, three. It was here they came into their own. Judy Dibble was replaced by Sandy Denny, who had been in the Straubs, and the change in sound was dramatic. The first two albums were What We Did on Our Holidays and Unhalf Breaking. It was on these two recordings that the band started to take a turn, deciding to investigate their own British music roots instead of playing American songs and styles. Fairport, especially Ashley Hutchings, dug into archives of ancient British folk music. A Sailor's Life was a song that pointed to the new sound. It was a traditional tune brought in by then guest violinist Dave Swabrick. He was already British folk royalty through his solo fiddle albums and duos with guitarist Martin Carthy, who went on to Steel Eyes Span. The band arranged A Sailor's Life into a slow burn electric epic. There are also original songs on the album, and one of the signature tunes was written by Sandy Denny, Who Knows Where the Time Goes. That song was covered by Judy Collins even before Unhalf Bricking came out. In May of 1969, 
Two months before the album's release, the band was decimated by an accident. In the early hours of May 12th, four of the five members of Fairport were traveling back from a gig when their driver nodded off and the van fell down a 40-foot embankment. Richard Thompson's girlfriend was killed, as was their drummer, Martin Lamble. He was only 19. Thompson, Simon Nicole, and especially Ashley Hutchings were all seriously injured. After nearly giving up on the group, they got back together, joined by longtime producer Joe Boyd. Boyd had produced Pink Floyd, Nick Drake, and the Incredible String Band, and later on, Nico, R.E.M., and 10,000 Maniacs. Fearport dove even deeper into British folk, but with a very electric sound. You have to understand that adding raging electric guitar, bass, and drums to venerable folk music was anathema in 1969. Even Dylan only did it with his original songs, not music drawn from the dusty archives of Cecil Sharp's collection maintained by the English Folk Dance and Song Society. That's where Fearport got a lot of their tunes. Dave Swarbrick joined the band full-time and Dave Maddox came in on drums. The title, The Legion Leaf, comes from Middle English meaning loyal and ready. The album was a mix of traditional songs and originals, and among the originals was the opening track written by Denny and Hutchings, Come All Ye. On their original compositions, they wrote with an English folk flair. And on the traditional songs, they rock them out. Some were done in a languid style that was almost raga-like in its textures and modalities, like Maddie Groves, a song of illicit love. That was a favorite subject of English traditional folk songs.
Other songs were rocked out with Richard Thompson's distorted guitar and Maddox rocking drums. Scottish ballad of fairies and salvation that didn't sound like a song from the 16th century Scottish Highlands. Legion Leaf was full of virtuoso guitar playing from Richard Thompson and fiddle playing by Dave Swarbrick. And of course, there was the voice of Sandy Denny, both imperious and vulnerable, silk pure and acid laced at the same time. Legion Leaf hit the British top 20, but Rolling Stone's John Mendelssohn said Legion Leaf was quietly arty traditional folk. What was he listening to? Sadly, after their greatest success, the group began to dissolve. Ashley Hutchings wanted to perform even more traditional music, so he founded Steel Eye Span, who, ironically, would eventually rock out just as much. Denny, on the other hand, thought her original tunes were going to be pushed out by the traditional direction. She formed a group called Father and Gay, and then went solo. She died tragically in 1978. In 1970, Richard Thompson left to pursue his highly lauded solo career. Dave Swarbrick died in 2016, but the band with original member Simon Nicol and early member Dave Pegg continue making music and touring to this date, and original members get together with them annually at the Fairport's Crockerty Convention, a large folk festival. Fairport Conventions Legion Leaf, released on December 2nd, 1969, in a flashback 50. 
You can add Fairport Convention's Legion Leaf to your collection. I'll have a link for it in the posting for this podcast at echoes.org. It's a really great album. Next week on the Echoes podcast, I continue with more electronic music, this time out of Ukraine with Vanavi. We'll talk to him and the group Run Rivers, who sing on his album Reflection. I'm John DiLiberto. Thanks for dialing up the Echoes podcast. Don't forget to donate at echoes.org. That's echoes, E-C-H-O-E-S dot org, O-R-G. See you next week, tonight, on the radio, somewhere in the country, or online right now, whenever you want, on Echoes. <laughs>